When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million. And this is a podcast where we challenge sexism in the music industry and empower fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. You guys, it's been like a whole month. (laughs) How are you? I feel like my brain has been shriveling up. And now that we're like... No, same. (laughs) Actually. I'm like... You know, it's like when you like work out a lot and like you build up these big muscles and then like you don't work out and your muscles get all relaxed and you like lose all the progress. You don't lose all the progress, but it's like that. It's like you're we're working our brain muscles so hard that during the break I was so bored. I was like, I haven't had any critical thinking in four weeks. I I felt awful. I think that my math teacher in high school it was who said that it takes three weeks to make a habit, but it takes one day to break a habit. And (laughs) one day. See, this is why this is why why they make you do like summer school and stuff because if like you don't practice your spanish or you don't practice your math over the summer then you come back and it takes like a freaking month to like relearn all or maybe stuff it was like forgot. three weeks to make a habit and three days to break it i feel like that sounds better but that feels so legit because i feel like the first like week and a half that we were away we were still like texting all the time and like going over stuff and then other than when we had yeah. like our planning meetings i just don't even know what was going on my brain turned to mush all i was doing was watching afternoon trivia shows on british tv <laughs> and your tiktok turned to british tiktok <laughs> my tiktok did turn to british tiktok which was the best thing that ever happened to me because there were all these like povs of like popular girl at british school <laughs> Wait, this is really funny because nobody knows you went to England for a month except for our Discord. Oh, yeah. I went to England for a month. (laughs) Sarah went to England for a month. I got a new job. It's been a wild time, but for real, I miss I miss podcasting so much. We were like, we're never taking a break again. Yeah, like maybe, kidding, maybe, but not as long. Maybe, maybe, but not maybe as long. for like one week when we both plan our vacations the exact same week. <laughs> That's it. Oh, it's too. We missed you guys too much, and I missed thinking, but. <laughs> It's just one of those things we were like, oh, like a month will we'll be fine. Like, we'll be fine. But I'm also like, no, that was too long because I stopped thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I had too much time on my hands. I was like, but also, oh, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like after 10 p.m. on British TV, everything is like a random music documentary. So I actually did come up with some episode ideas for us based off of these random music documentaries that I was watching. So my brain wasn't Ayo. fully off, but also being six hour time difference away from you was horrible. <laughs> it was weird. I just like, it, but we also just didn't talk. I, a lot. Well, because I just like had no idea like what time it was or what you were doing, and I was like, she has a new job. I don't know. I don't want to bother her because like every hour that like we were awake during the same time, you basically would have been working. So I just yeah, was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what true. to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, we're more than happy to be back here. And actually, speaking of England, shout out to Matt from Pick a Disc. He joined our Patreon fam recently to listen to all of our bonus episodes. In the last bonus episode, we talked about 
MGK and <laughs> all of the updates since we started this podcast when we were like, when Sarah fell in love with MGK, we went back and we were like, look, he's not that great. He made a good record. He's not that great. We talked about the discrepancies on our on our Patreon if you want to listen to that. <laughs> I feel like never before this podcast would have admitted that much of a flaw in my own judgment. <laughs> but now I'm just like... Listen, I still think his music's pretty good, but also, like, everything about him is questionable, and I don't know why none of it came up in my original research on Googling is Machine Gun Kelly questionable when I decided to stan him. Like, I literally... So maybe (laughs) you need to write the article on Machine Gun Kelly questionable actions I think everybody's too busy sucking his dick still for me to even get that picked up. Like, everyone's so obsessed with him because he's dating Megan Fox, so it's like... Even if I wanted to be like, hey, maybe we should talk about the fact that MGK has been fucking creepy about teen girls. People be like, but he's dating Megan Fox and she's like age appropriate. Yeah. Well, anyways, if you want to listen to that, it's over on Patreon. (laughs) And just want to give a little shout out to Matt. His podcast is called Pick a Disc. He talks about albums at length. And I've been on it to talk about Will Fallis. If you want to join the Patreon fam, it's at patreon.com slash name through songs. Or if you want to give us a tip because you enjoyed the episode and you missed us, that's over at paypal.me slash name through songs. So Sarah, what are we talking about today? Today, we're doing episode focused on a singular human, which we don't do that often. But when we do, it's because it's somebody that we think has been wronged in one too many ways and we we're passionate about yelling about it but also just think that they deserve some focus so today we're talking about Halsey because both Jenna and I are fans of hers and if you aren't aware of Halsey she is an alternative pop star who's basically like rose to fame through Tumblr we go through a bit more of their history throughout the episode and you also will notice that throughout the episode we do interchange their pronouns so Halsey goes by she they pronouns and we should honor that especially after the fact that she told Allure about their new pronouns and Allure was like we don't care (laughs) we're gonna acknowledge that you told us about your new pronouns but not use they ever once in this article so yeah (laughs) I feel like it's important that when somebody tells you that their pronouns aren't the quote-unquote expected ones that you should probably just listen to them and call them what they would like. So today we're going through Halsey's career and their relationship with the media and just their growth throughout their time in the spotlight. And I'm very stoked about this conversation. It's so funny that there's so many things that have been on our bucket list literally since we started the podcast and we (laughs) haven't felt prepared to talk about them until one year later. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy, but also I feel like in some cases it's not even so much feeling prepared. It's like the domino effect of doing one subject and then from that subject we're like, oh shit, look at all these other subjects. And then sometimes like guests will just kind of appear like magic and we're like, oh my God, we have to talk to this person. And so I think it's a mixture of everything, but also I feel like for a while we were awaiting Halsey dropping new music like we knew something was going to come from this pandemic from her and so I feel like we were kind of just like let's wait and see what she does and I feel like this album is a good sort of culmination of like why we think that Halsey is like worthy of a lot of the respect she has and also just sort of it feels like he had a straw that broke the camel's back and was like fuck all of this Yes. And release this like magnum opus of like feelings about her personhood, her 
relationship with womanhood and like their understanding of who they are as a person. And so it feels like everything they've been through since they came into the public eye sort of led to if I can't have love, I want power. And so I feel we made the right decision by waiting to talk about her until now because of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny because like in a way, Halsey feels like a very new artist. But when we're looking at it, like her debut album was 2015. She's been putting out music for six years, which is not a new artist anymore. But a lot of what Halsey is, and we're getting into this today, is Halsey being biracial, bisexual, bipolar. These are things that do not easily fit into a box. And as we've talked about, the general public and marketing people at record labels love for pop stars to be able to fit into a box (laughs) and the general public loves for pop stars to fit into a box and Halsey does not fit into any of the boxes and they've been very outspoken about that throughout their career and I think it's put them in a very unique position. Yeah, 100%. And I think also in regards to Halsey, they were slowly growing a cult following on Tumblr in the height of Tumblr. And she was very much part of fandom culture while also developing fans herself. And I feel like that was the really interesting thing about Tumblr as a social media platform is that unlike YouTube or Instagram or other things, like Tumblr was a very give and take platform because of the reblogging possibility and the question boxes and all these things with lots of interaction action where you're not necessarily only posting your own stuff and so it feels like a level playing field even if you are growing your own personal following and I feel like Halsey's also talked about this is that she also is a fan so I feel like there is this other sort of feeling around her fandom wise like fangirl wise yeah she understands fans on a different level I mean that's so true because like you think about people like Justin Bieber Taylor Swift they never talk about like (laughs) fandom (laughs) they never talk like we don't really know their music origin story to a certain degree to the to the level that we know Halsey's right of Halsey very much being one of us like that's always the feeling is like she's one of us and and she respects her fans on that level yeah I mean if you have followed Halsey's career at any point in time I'm sure you've seen the videos of her singing in the middle of a New Jersey shopping mall for like three other teen girls which is honestly one of the funniest things to ever exist on the internet or her satire song about how she didn't like that Taylor Swift was dating Harry Styles, which I think is funny because she and Taylor are friends now. But at the time, she was not not here for Taylor dating Harry Styles. So I mean, like her career really fell into place in this kind of beautiful way where she didn't necessarily have a ton of industry background in the regards of like how we normally talk about things, how we either have people with tons of connections or we have people with literally nothing Halsey sort of falls in the middle because she was involved in music in some sorts of ways but she came with a fan base behind her already and so it seems like from what we've been reading today that that allowed her the ability to sign a record deal that really worked for her and be able to work with people who respected her and her creativity and what she wanted to get out of the Halsey project. Yeah and she was very much in the like warp Tour like bandom kind of community of things and was touring with those other smaller alternative bands so she was at a point where she was kind of already cutting her teeth putting out music touring whatnot before getting into like a proper recording deal halsey's had so much success throughout her career and it's just really insane when you think about it because i mean for me personally i found them on tumblr I don't 100% remember how or why, because at this point in my life, I was still very much just on fandom of like Doctor Who Tumblr still. (laughs) So I don't know how that happened, but I saw her 
play in London before I moved after undergrad. So I saw her play in 2015 at the O2 Academy Islington in like this very tiny room. But she had these like incredible lights. It was like this spectacular show. It was incredible. And I was like, this person is going to explode. They're incredible. I would die for Halsey. <laughs> it was insane. It was and their fans were so lovely and just loved them so much. And it was funny because it was like during the blue hair phase and all these girls online all also had blue oh, hair. Yeah. I, like, I remember. But I just didn't I wasn't expecting anything. And I got there maybe like an hour before doors and the line was like around the block and I was shook. Wow. What a time. A special moment in time. Halsey has been having success since the second they appeared in the music world, which I think is really impressive because we've talked about this in the past about how even Taylor Swift's first album didn't debut that high up. Like it was still, it was in the top 10, but not as high as this. And so with Halsey's Badlands, which came out in 2015, her album debuted at number two on the Billboard Top 200 charts, which I think is super impressive for a newcomer to music, especially when most of their fan base came from the internet. But I remember also that everybody was so shocked that they sold out Madison Square Garden like that early on in their career because everyone's like who is this unknown person who sold out Madison Square Garden and she's like me and my internet posse did that bitches wait what year was that so in 2015 Halsey announced that she's gonna be playing Madison Square Garden the following year so in 2016 and within three weeks of those tickets going on sale in 2015 she sold out the whole venue. Wow. So this is the thing is like, because I remember like New Americana and Colors were like really big songs for her at the time. And I remember because I was in college and I had been listening to like her EPs. And then when Badlands came out, it was like all of a sudden, like she got really big. And at the time it was like, wow, she's really big. But mm-hmm. that wasn't even close to being as big as she was when Closer happened. Yeah. And it's just really interesting to think about just in regards to the rest of her career, you know, how quickly she did just have the success and people buzzing and interested in her. And I think that that's why we saw her getting tapped to be on this Chainsmokers song, which I feel like is the like pivotal career moment that most people remember of like the first time they heard about Halsey. If they're part of that more like general public situation of finding out about music, because obviously, as we said, like she had so much success and did so many incredible things with her music prior to being featured on this Chainsmoker song, but this Chainsmoker song definitely changed the conversation around her, changed the focus on her, and sort of moved her from this alternative pop icon to this alt girl that people are trying to put a narrative on but as jenna said like halsey doesn't fit into a box because as we've been saying like halsey understands her fans she understands what being a fan is like but she just comes from lots of different walks of life comparatively speaking to other people who have done pop music and become a-list celebrities in the way that halsey has and so for her to go from being this like alt grunge pop girl to somebody that the paparazzi are chasing around. It's just a really wild ride. And also we're saying this song Closer was really big, but like, let me just contextualize how big this song was because it came out in October, 2016. So just barely a year after Badlands had come out and this song reached number one on the Hot 100 and stayed on the Hot 100 for 52 weeks, an entire year, this song was on the charts, which means it was everywhere. 
It is officially part of the cultural moment in time of the year 2016 and 2017. And the song went on to be nominated for Best Pop Duo Performance at the Grammys in 2017. So this song was like a really big deal. So we're talking like she went from a buzzy pop artist name to like one of the biggest pop stars at the time. Yeah, and all of a sudden she goes from people being curious to her having like a microscope over her. Mm -hmm. People inspecting everything that she's doing, questioning everything she's doing because Halsey, their image was so strong in who they were and what they identified as. Growing up with a black father and a white mother, also being bisexual, as well as suffering from mental health issues and later finding out that she was in fact bipolar. And so you have this whole thing where now she is getting this mainstream success with what, if you looked up what are frat boys on the internet, it would be a picture of the chain smokers, probably because I couldn't pick the chain smokers out of a lineup because... <laughs> They just look like a copy-paste white man. Yes. <laughs> the chain smokers are a hate crime against everyone, including other straight white men. <laughs> because straight white men already had a bad rap, and then the chain smokers showed up. And I feel like they got Halsey because they're like, oh, they're going to give us clout on our music. They're so cool and different. And instead, they kind of made people start to bully Halsey. <laughs> Which is not fair. Unintentionally, but it does appear that way. But I feel like also they kind of did it to themselves in agreeing to make this music video a softcore porno without any reason. Because what I was getting from this song was not Drew Taggart slipping some tongue into Halsey's mouth during a four minute video. I literally, when I listened to the song and I envisioned it, I thought it was going to be like the guy side of the story and the girl side of the story. And the girl side of the story is that she and her friends wrecked his dorm room while he was gone and stole his mattress but that's not what happened but instead it was just four minutes of them hooking up uncomfortably weird i did not want to relive that but i did it for you guys you can tip us on paypal (laughs) for our trauma (laughs) oh my god Yeah, so that was a traumatizing thing to relive. But because Closer was such a big deal, Halsey, unfortunately, had to do multiple live performances with the duo known as the Chainsmokers, which any human should not have to spend that much time with these two men. (laughs) But most famously, at the 2016 MTV VMA Awards, Halsey performed with the Chainsmokers. And this is where we get into a BuzzFeed article that made Halsey very angry, made me very angry. I think also made Jenna very angry based off of the comments on our outline. (laughs) Because we see Halsey in this video. And as we said earlier, and we'll go into a bit more detail about Halsey's relationship, what she's talked about, like with her sexuality. But I mean, Halsey has always, I feel like, fallen somewhere in the middle of the spectrum of like what's masculine and feminine within a woman's way of showing themselves. Because they've gone from long hair to short hair. They've gone from wearing more masculine clothing to more feminine clothing. It's very much been a mixed bag. And I feel like you never see them in just one style. It's always a mix of both to show that they do have these both sides that they lean towards and who they are. Even in their music videos, even in the closer video, you even have a scene of, I guess, him bumping into her later in life and her hair shorter. And so I feel like they still allowed them to who they are you know in some sort of way at some point in the music video but at this VMA's performance 
Halsey is definitely dressed in the more feminine sort of way. She has long hair in this, lots of, not lots of, but like a decent amount of makeup on. A very cropped shirt, very under boob heavy, like sparkles, white sort of flare pants, the whole shebang. And throughout the whole performance, this man who cannot sing is fully trying to like get Halsey to fuck him in the midst of a VMA's performance. And it is uncomfortable and it is very erotic, but like only feels like it's erotic maybe from his point of view. But also maybe I'm just hoping that Halsey's not attracted to this man. I think, you know, with this being among her first like very big public performances, it is interesting that she chose to appear in a more feminine fashion because I think that's, again, we talk about things like VMAs for the general public who doesn't pay attention to Halsey. This is what they're seeing of her and this song and how she chooses to present herself at this time. So it very much gives off the image that she's straight a very straight very feminine person and very much a pop girly because that's the other thing is traditionally people who feature on electronic songs are very simple pop girlies who have good vocals when Halsey's so much more than that but that's what people are expecting based on what they know yeah so it is an interesting choice on on their part on their labels part in lots of parts to have this be their big introduction to the masses to the general public because while halsey had all this success prior to closer coming out this is more of mainstream friendly sort of stuff and i mean we've talked about this before how there is a difference between somebody who's going to listen to halsey in their car and who's going to be a halsey fan or just like in general being a person who listens to certain artists in the car and will then maybe go see them or not or become part of fandom whatever you know like there's different factions and different levels of listenership of music but i do agree that it is interesting that they agreed to be viewed like this in front of such a large number of humans like not in a derogatory way but just in a like it doesn't feel like it fits within the lore of Halsey well but it also doesn't really matter because at the time there's no way to like I mean, unless you're working with somebody who's been in the business for years, who's like, all right, VMAs are a really big deal. The general public is going to get an impression of you. Like, what do you want to show them? And you're like an excited young pop star. And you're like, yes, this is amazing. You know, I'm so excited to be here. The song is doing great. My career is taking off. You're not necessarily thinking about how this is going to pan out for the rest of your career. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you there. I just feel like the guys in the Chainsmokers were kind of like, if you're my love interest, this is what you got to look like. Maybe. (laughs) But just based off of thinking of other like iconic or career making VMAs moments, it's not interesting that she did it with this song because obviously she's going to do it with the song because it's the biggest song that's going on. That's who's invited, you know. But I mean, even his outfit is lackluster. He's yeah. dressed in a fucking like camo jacket and like khakis. It was like, a very khakis. normal performance. There was nothing special about it. It looks like a drunk couple at a karaoke party performing a song. <sighs> yeah. It, it, it does look like that. I'll give you that. <laughs> and it's just kind of funny. And and this is the thing is it's like, yeah, there are certain questionable things other than this man's singing voice about this performance. But I don't think that it was worthy of this scathing BuzzFeed article by Shannon Keating in 2016 as a response to this, because the title of this BuzzFeed article is What Does a Queer Pop Star Look Like in 2016? And while there are things that are very complimentary about Halsey and their career and what they've done in music, 
up to this point, which is a very short amount of time of their career in the spotlight under the name of Halsey. But it's just kind of weird that they got so focused on the idea of Halsey doesn't fit within what my idea is of a woman who likes women and therefore I need to bully them for over a thousand words. I think... It's just so frustrating that at this point in time, it could, you know, part of it could be the lack of representation in mainstream media of characters who are bi or gay or queer or pansexual, whatever it is. It could be that there's a lack of representation, but somebody's always getting mad about somebody not being gay or queer in the right way. And it's like, why is there a checklist of things you have to do to be able to say that you're bisexual? Yeah, I feel like we've touched upon this in lots of different episodes of just this idea of like up to a certain point, people were hiding their sexuality. And then it got to a point where people were comfortable being out. And then it got to a point where people were so comfortable with being allowed to be part of the LGBTQ plus community without as much fear as there used to be. And for some young kids, in their minds, there is no fear because a lot of these kids find their communities very early on in school and stuff because a lot of these younger generation like Gen Z are a lot more open-minded depending on where you're based, you know? And so I feel like you have these situations where you're like, well, my friend group is like this. And it's like, okay, but Halsey's also in 2016. She's 20 years old. So she's also grown up in that same time frame that I have, which is kind of like being gay could ruin your life. Being gay could ruin your career. Being gay can ruin a lot of things for you. But they were so fine with just being like, no, I'm, I'm a bisexual person. Like, and this is who I am. But it seemed very much so that the choice to feature on a very heterosexual song with a very heterosexual music video all of a sudden made her not bisexual enough, which sort of followed her, has still followed her to this day in a lot of ways. I feel like people are still trying to knock them down a peg. So getting into this uh, BuzzFeed op-ed by Shannon Keating in 2016, they started out talking about how Halsey used to like kiss her fans. (laughs) But she was a teenager at the time, so were the teenagers, so it was okay, but then she stopped because of it getting weird. So anyways, in this article, Keating writes, bestowing casual kisses has been one of the ways in which the pop star singer connects with her fan base, a group which tends to skew young, female, and at least a little bi-curious. Those kisses were one of the ways that Halsey told her queer and questioning fans, I'm just like you. But there aren't many new fan kiss shots circulating on Tumblr or Twitter lately, indicating that perhaps Halsey isn't making habit of it anymore as she figures out some boundaries with her fans who often demand direct access from the real her at all times she's also been subtly transforming her concert looks performing with the likes of justin bieber and chain smokers insufferable dubro andrew taggart and making music videos in which she lusts sometimes illicitly after men Halsey remains an out bisexual woman no matter what she does with her art, but she's also working her way through a thorny tangle of an old-fashioned and male-dominated music industry which places enormous demands on how women look and act. I don't like the insinuation that, oh, she still says she's a bisexual publicly even though she's singing with men. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, that's what I'm getting from the statement of being like, Halsey remains an out bisexual woman no matter what she does with her art. I feel like they're insinuating that because... She's singing slightly sexy songs with Justin Bieber and the Chainsmokers. She can't possibly still be a bisexual woman. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I think, I think because 
in pop star history, we haven't really had super out celebrities. So like two things. One is like bisexuality, sexuality in general is a spectrum. So it's not like you're 50% gay and 50% straight. Like it doesn't work like that, number one. But number two, falling into this pop star narrative of a music industry dominated with men, it just so happens to be that you're probably going to fall into that role. And it's going to be really hard to, to challenge the standards of a heterosexual, desirable female pop star, no matter yeah. how sure you are in your sexuality. And that's what we see happening to Halsey here. I feel like from what I've been told and from what I've seen and read on the internet, like there definitely is a judgment there when you are female presenting and you lean very heavily feminine within the like lesbian and bisexual communities because of the people are like well how am I supposed to know if you dress like a su- like super girly and it's like you shouldn't have to change who you are just to fit within the quote-unquote norms of the sexuality you are it's just frustrating when something has been decidedly part of the male gaze and something that men sexualize all like tennis skirts or your cleavage or whatever women can also like other women dressing like that or being like that and that doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. they're becoming a victim of the male gaze it could just be what they like other women dressing like or what they like to dress like as a woman yeah And so I feel like Halsey has gotten a lot of flack, especially in this article, for the way in which they dress in music videos and the way in which they portray themselves. But also there does seem to be some sort of understanding of the pressures on women within the music industry to be sexually appealing to multiple peoples, but also specifically the men in charge. But there was sort of this constant kind of like hatred towards the way that Halsey chose to show their bisexuality within their music videos and other forms of creative stuff that was coming out with the Badlands, specifically calling out their video for Ghosts, which was about a lesbian relationship. And so Halsey had told Pop Justice when the video came out that I'm bisexual, so it's my opportunity to take heteronormativity out of this world of media and culture and blah, 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 blah. And I also just wanted to piss off Capital because they were like, cool, we're going to cast you a guy. And I was like, fuck you. Don't assume that I want a guy in my video. Fuck off. And this writer goes on to say that the woman who is cast as Halsey's love interest in this original video for Ghost doesn't quite stand alone as her own person. She writes, she functions more as Halsey's race-bent mirror. The neon-lit futuristic Tokyo setting seems distant, touristic, even otherworldly. It's a dream sequence. And I just feel like just because it's neon lit and kind of feels a bit like futuristic, that doesn't take away the fact that Halsey wrote the song about a woman and wanted a woman to be the love interest in the video. She did later on make another video for Ghost where she had a male love interest and it took place in a more current times sort of style of video. And it seems like in this article that because of that, this author felt it was acceptable to rag on Halsey because the videos were such different styles. Well, I think the thing is that I don't, I, I literally cannot wrap my mind around the fact that people expect representation in music videos that are like three minutes long to like 
represent a whole community or a whole person or whatever it's like this is three minutes long if you wanted representation go nag on like the hollywood industry right i just don't think that there will ever be a music video that properly shows depth or character arc to these side characters because it's just not possible under time constraints and so that criticism that her counterpart is just kind of like a side character to me it doesn't really hold any weight as far as like criticizing Halsey as like, oh, this was just a dream sequence. Like this isn't a real relationship. Therefore, she's not a real bisexual. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, also in that regard, as most people know, Halsey's had a lot of public relationships with men and being in a relationship with a man doesn't take away your bisexuality or your attraction to women. And so very much so when she was putting this music out, I think her boyfriend was also her producer. He was this guy called Lido. And so it's very possible that in her mind while making this work, even though they originally wrote the song, with the love interest in mind being a female that it's like oh well my boyfriend's part of my life now if I do it in this style it won't feel as realistic and won't maybe it won't offend him whatever the case is and it's like just because you're with a guy doesn't mean when you go to sleep at night you're not like god I miss boobs <laughs> hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Well, also just like in general, and this is what I said about there being a lack of like representation in music videos. It's like this singular music video with Halsey and like another woman isn't going to represent all of bisexuality, all of lesbian relationships, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're calling out this one thing when this one thing isn't supposed to like be the spokesperson for an entire community. But people expect that when someone like Halsey is in a position of power being very loud about being bisexual you know they're always going to expect more yeah and i mean like a a lot of the complaints in this article about halsey were that this author seemed to feel like they use their queerness to get success and a fan base and then were like but look at the men that i'm doing stuff with and it's like it's really necessary for a lot of bisexual women to know that there is somebody who is like them having success and being comfortable being open with who they are as a person but also just the fact that as jenna said like you're never gonna be 100 percent 50 50 like there are tons of bisexual women who just date lots of men and then or even sometimes like people who marry a guy and are still attracted to women but also i've had friends who've dated guys their whole lives the first girl they date they wind up getting married to so it's lots of it's lots of situations where it is very much a spectrum. And I feel like I don't know what this author's orientation is, but if they're not a bisexual woman, like why is it their place to even comment on this? But 
I don't know. It's just frustrating. It's just so frustrating because I feel like there is a lot of combativeness against the idea of bisexual women who lean more in interest towards men or date more men. I mean, so in the article, like Keating goes on to write, when it comes to her songs themselves, Halsey tends to use male pronouns or no pronouns at all, which doesn't explicitly mean she's hiding anything, but there's a chance she might feel internal or external pressure to keep her songs appealing to a broad base. Side note, or she could just like feel that way with how she's dating right now with how she feels about her sexuality at the current moment. Anyways, continuing on. Howard Bragman, the PR coming out guru, said that it makes sense for musicians to be steered into gender neutral lyric direction. And he says, again, you want to appeal to as wide an audience as possible. That's just business impact. Then Keating goes on to say, so she's damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. If Halsey goes full blown queer in her music, she'll be told she's doing it for attention or will risk alienating her wider fan base. If she avoids publicly dating women or referencing them in her songs, people will think she's a fake. Being able to directly and intimately reach her fans is a double-edged sword. They brought her fame, but now they think she owes them everything. And I mean, honestly, these points aren't wrong. Like, this is what I was saying earlier of there's the cookie-cutter pop star image and there's, you know, maybe pressure wanting to fit into that. And this is the thing is it could also just be subconscious, like a subconscious pressure of like, this is what a pop star is, this is what I'm is, and you don't even realize you're doing it until later in your career when people are writing things like this about you or you have time to like reflect and look back at what you you know how your career has gone because there always is going to be that pressure from labels and from the general public to conform and to appeal to the widest audience possible i mean it's just funny with keaton having this very on point paragraph because i think it definitely hits the nail on the head in a lot of ways but it's kind of like this whole article was her doing this being like i expect you to be singing more about women or dating more women but it's like why 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 does she have to do that in order to be a bisexual and i feel like most of halsey's fans they're just happy that she's talking about it and being open about it and i feel like because halsey has built such a good relationship with her fan base and is so known for being just so much of an open book and so comfortable tweeting about her feelings and sharing and all that stuff that like i don't necessarily think that her fans are gonna be like oh you had a baby with a man you're no longer bisexual we don't claim well that's the thing is it's always like people who are writing opinion pieces who have a different perspective than fans who don't necessarily always have the same perspective that they're bringing to the table and so a lot of times this is why opinion pieces like these get blown up is because because to be honest i don't think this article is actually that bad like i don't think it's that mean at all i think it can be read mean if that's how you want to read it like if if you are feeling like it's by erasure then to a degree it is but i think it was more so wanting to come at it from a place of like is halsey playing into by erasure or is she not but I think opinion pieces like these get blown up really quickly by fan bases and Halsey even reacted to herself like that she was not happy with it because it's like why is this necessary sometimes you know yeah of like opinion pieces are that they're an opinion but sometimes it becomes like a big ordeal it becomes part of the narrative part of the conversation yeah well I think it's similar to that Taylor Swift piece that we read where there's a lot of good points made and a lot of understandable points made it's not so much that like I'm angry I'm just kind of frustrated that it's like I feel like this is the thing with op-eds is that a lot of the times the op-eds are written about by people who feel not 
seen and are therefore like this person is supposed to be seeing me and being what I think you they should be because of xyz mm-hmm. and they're not filling that void yeah. and therefore I'm going to be like kind of rude about it and like their feelings are valid that's not the issue I just feel like the issue is is that there is such hatred towards bisexual women but just bisexuals in general that it's frustrating when articles like this are written Mm -hmm. and 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 done like this when there's very little representation of this in the pop culture zeitgeist and then it's handed to you on a silver platter by the loudest bisexual you can ever meet and you're like you're not fucking gay enough for me Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no that's a really good point of it's like was this conversation necessary was it necessary to call out these things is this really helping the conversation yeah so i totally understand that point and i totally understand why halsey would have been mad about it because it's like she's doing her best like she's existing as a human being saying she's bisexual she doesn't need to prove anything but this is one of those times where it feels like the writer's wanting her to prove something yeah and i mean as jenna said like halsey did at the time respond to this in a very lengthy twitter thread basically going out and saying sorry i'm not gay enough for you this is a tiresome analysis of my one year in the public eye and the ignorance of eight plus years of sexual discovery to determine if i'm truly queer and as part of a mentality so ingrained in the erasure of bisexual credibility even within the lgbt community and so i mean halsey basically said the same thing of it's like oh sorry i'm not gay enough and that's what it is is it's like people expect i don't know it's just weird when somebody comes in the public eye and then people start developing parasocial relationships with them to any degree even as a journalist if you're not a fan of somebody you still have a a parasocial relationship with these people because you're writing about them constantly and it can get tiresome when somebody who you're writing about a lot and who talks so much about their sexuality journey continues to date garbage white men but like it's not our fucking business if Halsey wants to keep dating garbage white men yeah so I mean on top of that number one Halsey off the bat is sort of judged for their relationship with their sexuality. And so then their sexuality becomes this talk piece and you have this happening throughout their career, people focusing on their relationships with men in public. And obviously there is going to be some of the bisexual discourse going on, but there also is the discourse of like, is she too promiscuous of a human being? Because again, women are not allowed to be sexual because it makes people uncomfortable. Well, it's the duality of it. They're expected to be hypersexual, but not own it. Yeah, exactly. And so we have Halsey completely owning herself as a sexual being. And then they get into one of their biggest public relationships, which was their relationship with the grossest rapper. I think he's a rapper. I don't know what we would call this man. g Easy, who I don't think was famous before Halsey and has continued to try and cling on to fame post Halsey. Talk about an irrelevant man. <laughs> so many pointless men have come into Halsey's life and it's exhausting to watch. So this relationship with g Easy was like a very... <laughs> I want to say high profile, but he was he was not high profile. It's that Halsey was high profile at this time in her career. And so they were going to like red carpets together. They were seen together constantly and they dated publicly for like about a year. But since you, you know, have your perspective working at different news sites, I'm curious what you remember <laughs> of their relationship. I 
remember us fully eating it up. Like we were posting photos of Halsey and GZ no matter where they went. Any pop shot, anything, we were posting it. I don't remember the extent of the articles, but like we were really into it. And then they had the him and I music video come out. And I just remember that we had to take so many fucking screenshots of that music video for a gallery for an article. And I just think it's interesting because we literally see Halsey hand GEZ a career because he like obviously like I'm not saying that he didn't have any success before her but with him and I he truly rode in on her coattails and was like how do I make this work for me and then he went on to cheat on her (laughs) so literal piece of shit I mean him and I is still his second most streamed song on Spotify (laughs) all these years later so that says a lot but yeah this song basically announced their relationship But so this was a very public relationship. It was very much happening in front of the public's eyes because Halsey was so much so having her career explode at this time. And so they were on and off for like two years. Halsey's song Without Me came out in October 2018. And this was one of Halsey's first ever standalone singles that didn't have to do with like a world within an album. And as we've said, Halsey has been very loud about correcting things on Twitter. Like any time that she's mad about something or frustrated with something, she'll tweet and be kind of like, you did this wrong. This is not the facts. This is not what's going on. And so there were rumors going around that Halsey had cheated on G-Eazy. And this was this whole conversation about how Halsey's promiscuous, like she's bisexual. You never know what they're going to do, those bisexuals, you know, (laughs) that that whole situation. And so there were lots of discussion about how oh Halsey hurt G-Eazy and I feel like it's so funny when you have the woman being more successful than the man how they try and make this woman the problem and we also saw this with Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake where it's like oh poor Justin got cheated on maybe whatever yep but Halsey, with without me, clearly is making a stance about Jeezy's. Like, if you watch the music video, there's tons of imagery that point at this. And as if to put the nail in the coffin herself, when Halsey gets invited onto SNL in February of 2019 and she performs without me, towards the middle part of this song, you see on the screen letters written to Halsey by Jeezy of him being like, I cheated on you and it's in his handwriting and it's like, Ashley, I cheated on you in Los Angeles, in New Orleans, in Minneapolis. Please don't leave me like all these things. And like, I'm so sorry, whatever. And so she truly stuck it to the man. And I feel like this is one of the most powerful things I've ever seen a woman do, which is take control of the narrative in a way that I feel like lots of other pop stars wish that they probably did at some point in their career. And so I feel like this is a testament to who Halsey is as a human in that like they want control of their story. They want to be the one who's being like, no, this is who I fucking am. You either like me or you don't. It's not your fucking business who I date in public. If you're going to say that I'm a cheater, I know I'm not a cheater. He fucking cheated on me. Look at these notes I just projected onto a screen on SNL. 
Yes. Yes to all of it. Because we've seen this narrative before and this is where Halsey was like, no, I'm taking control of this. Because the thing was, people were going on her Twitter and Instagram and just commenting Jeezy's name like over and over and over. And she responded to comments being like, this isn't cute. I see you. Like, I'm a human being. Stop bullying me. And there was another instance where she was performing at like, I think it was like the Super Bowl pre-show thing. And somebody in the crowd was like harassing her by like yelling Jeezy's name. And she stopped performing and was like, if you don't shut up I'm gonna kick you out of here because you're just you're disrespecting me when I'm performing and this was very much like I'm not taking any of this shit and honestly props to her because as you just said there's probably a lot of pop stars who like kept their mouths shut because they wanted to play nice and all of that and maybe wish they had spoken out and so Halsey like actually having the balls to do this is amazing but I feel like on the flip side it probably was one of those things that made people at the recording academy or you know radio stations whatever a bit weary of Halsey being like "Ooh, she has a mouth she's willing to like talk about shit and not be quiet like we can't control her she's a bit of like a liability risk you know yeah and I feel like she's done countless things throughout her career that probably gave pause to a big man on campus situation because I mean she also spoke out about the head of the Grammys being like women aren't doing enough in a 2020 Guardian interview with Eve Barlow Halsey was talking about her lack of Grammy nomination for her album Manic Barlow writes she reckons her lack of Grammy nominations this year is because she spoke out against former president Neil Portnow's comments two years ago When he said it was women's responsibility to, quote, step up if they want to excel in the music industry. Halsey says, I had a lot to say about that and I'm nowhere to be seen on any of those acknowledgments. Barlow continues on to say, post me too. Halsey's been disappointed by the lack of camaraderie between female pop stars. Halsey goes on to say, nobody wants to be my friend. They're scared I'm going to pop off about something. I'm drama by association. I put myself out there with my peers. I don't know if people really ever wanted to do the same with me. So I stopped wasting my energy. And that just makes me sad because I feel like in a lot of these interviews, I kept having this thought in my head that the media were trying to give Halsey the plaque of, quote, I'm not like other girls or like she's this manic pixie dream girl. And I feel like for some people that might have put a bad taste in their mouth about Halsey, because I don't think that Halsey is a am not like other girls kind of person especially based off of, as we keep saying, her relationship with her fan base. And so it is quite disheartening in that way of because she is constantly surrounded, like has lots of close male friends and works with lots of men and all that sort of stuff. Like there is this idea of her. And I mean, Halsey even spoke about how the whole point of Manic was to sort of be essentially a love letter from Halsey to Ashley in a lot of ways. And so it was this crossover between the Halsey persona and who she is as Ashley in her personal life, but also the whole idea of even having a song talking about the idea of being this manic pixie dream girl and what that really means for them and what that means for their career and like what people expect of them as a human. Yeah, I mean, Halsey is someone who's been so vocal about their experiences, about what they stand for, both in their music, on social media, and in interviews. And it's one of these scenarios where, you know, it's so hard because it's one of these scenarios where, once again, if you're part of the general public, like, you don't know the full Halsey picture. You know what the headlines are. And 
It's also on the other side of it, journalists who are contributing to this narrative, sometimes subconsciously contributing to it and they may not intend to, but it's like, oh, it's easy to use the manic pixie dream girl trope. Let me just throw it in here to describe Halsey because she's not like other pop stars. Even though Halsey's like, this is literally why I hate doing interviews because you put tropes on me that I do not put on myself and I've never been that and I've never pretended to be that. So like, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. I mean, like, it seems as if they can't get anything right at any point to, in order to make every party that's interested in their career happy. And that must just be such a frustrating thing to go through of constantly feeling like I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And especially in the case of being both bisexual and biracial, like you have these two things where she's not reading as interested in women and to a lot of people she's not reading as a black woman when Halsey herself identifies as a black woman and feels like a black woman even though she is white passing and gets white privilege because of that and so I genuinely feel for them like that must be so much to go through to constantly have parts of who you are as a person and parts of who you know you are and what you feel connected to just completely erased by people because it makes it easier to bring you down and to hate you when you're not really doing anything wrong and like we've talked about in the past how like there are so many celebrities not really doing enough in a lot Mm -hmm. of regards and like a lot of fans being mad about stuff and meanwhile Halsey's out here speaking out for abortion rights speaking about her bisexuality trying to make her fans feel more comfortable in their queerness speaking about her biracialness speaking about what it's like growing up with in a family who had you by accident at quite a young age and grew up having to work multiple jobs and being kicked out because she dropped out of college and talking about her mental health struggles and talking about all these things so openly when so many artists haven't done that before and yet people constantly are trying to bring her down a peg and it's really infuriating and must be exhausting for her and so the fact that she's gone through this much and still continue to come out on top and put out incredible music and continue to tell their story and not stop fighting the good fight and fighting for what they believe in just blows me away every day yeah and it's Again, it's one of those things where, you know, we were just talking about with without me being a huge single and similar to Closer, this was a huge single for Halsey. It peaked at number one on the Hot 100. It stayed there again for 52 weeks, like an entire year. So this was a huge song. And then this came out prior to manic being released and manic is when we have the quote of her saying it wasn't nominated for grammys at all and so we're in this position where i think for a lot of people if artists aren't actively performing at award shows they start to fade into the back of their minds because you're not constantly seeing them on tv and you're like well if they're not getting awards are they even relevant and i mean halsey spoke about this also in 2018 with nme in which she said no accolade award or nomination changes my fans relationship with my music because I think the young people who listen to it are intelligent enough to think for themselves and then she goes on to say that's why I stopped caring about all that stuff I stopped going to award shows I didn't go to the Grammys I didn't go to the VMAs and the writer goes on to say that she's listing off these events not to brag but keen to prove that these gigs aren't a necessary part of her job anymore and this is what I'm saying of like award shows are really only matter for like the general public but that doesn't mean you're any less of an artist and Halsey really realize that my fans are the most important thing so if they're not going to give me a grammy why am i even trying to fit in with them anymore i'm unapologetically myself my fans know that and at the end of the day that's all that matters yeah and i think that that's 
what sets Halsey apart in a lot of ways is that she knows that her fans are always going to have her back. I mean, also last year they launched About Face, which is a beauty brand, which is doing super successful. They've had like four different launches since the initial launch of the product of different product lines and expanding on this. And so they clearly know that their fans are backing them, that their fans are going to buy their product and going to support them. And I feel like that's so important right now just to prove that the game needs to change in a lot of ways. And it's a lot of what we've been talking about recently and what we're going to be talking about going forward is just the flaws and the Billboard charts and the Grammys and record labels and all these things and how so many women and artists that primarily young girls like don't get treated in the same way as other artists do and that's not going to change until somebody takes the big man down a couple pegs and I feel like Halsey is sort of paving the road to do that like she is showing up and coming stars like look what you can do if you have a fan base that backs you look what is possible to be done and Halsey continues to make these masterpiece albums that are themed and she creates universes with these albums and there's so much to them And we're able to allow her to create this music and be successful from it. And I mean, like she was speaking to Zane Lowe recently for an interview, and it was just so incredible seeing her talk to him because there's such trust between them. Like he is one of the most incredible interviewers ever. And it's just like amazing to watch him work, but also to see artists talk with him because like you can feel that trust. But she basically was saying, like, my fans allowed me to do this. The fact that I didn't release a single and they still bought all these albums and they had no idea what to expect other than I was working with Trent Reznor and they trust me and they know what he makes and they bought my album and I'm having success. And like, if it wasn't for fucking Kanye West, Halsey would have had a number one album. So fuck that. (laughs) This is one of those things, again, where it's like Halsey has been so aware of like the misogyny that she faces in this industry. But it's not just that, right? It's not just misogyny because she's also bisexual, because she's also bipolar, because she's also biracial, because she's also non-gender conforming. There's all these other layers to it where they've really had to deal with you know, a lot. And in that Zane Lowe interview, they're also saying how she felt like she was always trying to show up. She was going to after parties and always trying to be with people and buying people bottles and doing a lot of like FaceTime, you know, with making connections and trying to be people's friends. And she felt like nobody wanted to be her friend back and like nobody was supporting her back. And I think it all goes back to what we've been saying, which is the industry being like, Yes, diversity, but actually no, like not in that way. Like you're not doing it right. Like we don't actually want this. Maybe we want it, but like not really. And so Halsey's had to face and fight so much. But again, as you just said, as we've said with artists in the past, it's like Halsey's opening the door for other people to step through, right? Halsey has done so much truly in her career and it's only going to be a stepping stone forward for the next artist. The thing also with Halsey is, is that like she tends to be a target for people who don't go outside and breathe fresh air quite often enough, which is which is frustrating because I feel like even as a very big fan and supporter of Halsey, I feel like sometimes Halsey doesn't breathe fresh air quite often enough. But I understand it because there are so many things that people just get mad at her about for no reason. So I feel like the only way to 
fight that is to kind of fight fire with fire and have maybe too aggressively of online discourse about certain things. So I can't really blame them in that regard. But we even saw like she went out for Black Lives Matter protests. She went out in a way where it was not super clear. It was even Halsey for most of the time. And then they got attacked by police and she was trying to help people who were hurt. And I think her mask came down or something and people were just like, you're not doing this right. And they were so mad about the way in which you were supporting the Black Lives Matter cause. And it's so upsetting because in regards to her biracialness, you see people who don't know anything about her being like, why is she wearing cornrows? Why is she dressing? Why is she appropriating black culture? Meanwhile, these are always white people saying this because of course. And it's like, I shouldn't be on TikTok posting a video about Halsey having to be like, this is a black woman. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, obviously, if you know anything about Halsey, she's woke enough to not wear dreadlocks if it wasn't something that was part of her culture. And so it's so upsetting that she doesn't fall into the boxes in the way that the general public expect you to fall in the boxes when you say that you're biracial or you say that you're bisexual or whatever you say. And it's the same thing with the industry. Like everybody's kind of just like, oh, no, on the checklist of what being biracial means, it means that like you have to look more black and you have to act more black. and You have to do all these things and like blah, blah, blah. Like you're not biracial how we want you to be biracial. It's like, oh, and then bisexual, you're never kissing girls. You're never doing this. You're never dating girls. You're not doing this. And then bipolar, you haven't you haven't burnt down any hotel rooms, Ashley. Yep. Why yeah. are you not setting things on fire and doing things? And it's like because she's fucking trying <laughs> like to like to exist. People want someone like Halsey to be everything at once. And that's not how it works, right? Like just how we said, being bisexual isn't 50-50. Being both manic and depressed, both are not happening at the same time. It's one of these things where it's like, but why are you only talking about manic bipolar disorder? Why aren't you talking about, you know, like, I don't know if that's something people said, but it's just an example of like, why are you only highlighting this one thing? It's like, well, you can only highlight one thing at once. Like we're all human beings, you know? And even if she was able to do all of those things at once, people would still get mad about something. And just as you were kind of like talking about, you know, her being involved with Black Lives Matter, like she actually, like, I think she did a really good job talking about it and talking about her biracialness and saying like, I am white passing. I have not faced the same discrimination that other people have, but Mm -hmm. that does not mean that I do not hurt any less than other people. And so she was like literally out there on the front lines, like providing medical support to people who are being like shot with rubber bullets. I mean, she was doing everything she possibly could. And this is an example of one of those people who's literally out here advocating for so many things for black lives matter for women's reproductive rights all of this and it's like let's celebrate her for that like i don't know if she even gets enough credit for that and also in that guardian interview from 2020 she said it's hard to figure out when being an activist deflects attention from my art and sometimes when you're the center of having something to say you start losing your agency and people don't want to hear it and so she's kind of walking this line of can I be both an activist and an artist? And I mean, honestly, she's done a really great job of it. But again, it's like, does the industry really want this? Or do they just see this as a loud, chaotic, unstable person? Exactly. And I mean, anytime that she's spoken out about her personal black experience like even when she tweeted about how hotels not having shampoo for people with her type of hair i mean i can't i'm a white person and i can't use hotel shampoo my hair would fall out of my head like and i'm a white person and i've literally never even thought about this because 
I have the type of hair that works fine for shitty hotel shampoo. Like this never even occurred to me. Like yeah, being a problem, you know? And yet that created a whole discourse on the internet. And it was the same thing with her going out during Black Lives Matter protests. And so it's just like this woman can never win. And we're definitely not saying that Halsey is a perfect specimen of a pop star or a person in the public eye. But they've definitely done a shit ton of work and a shit ton to try and fight for equality and to educate others and to do it in like a pretty kind way for how angry I feel like they deserve to be. And at the same time, they're still putting out really good art and they're creating makeup for people and doing all of this awesome stuff in their creative world. And it's like, just let women be multifaceted and let them exist with layers and do things. And I feel like she is this perfect example of what possibilities there are for women in the world of music if they want to be loud. And I feel like it's just incredible what she's done and like the stepping stones that she has laid for others to come. And we talk a lot about how people are cracking a door open for the possibility of change in a long time. I feel like Halsey came and kicked that door through and was like, fuck that. I am making change now. And if you want to tell me it's happening slowly, you're clearly not paying enough attention. Yeah, yeah. No, that's so true. And also just just as we said at the start of this episode, I mean, really, a lot of this has all culminated in her, their latest album, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, of mm-hmm. all of these experiences. And this is a, such the cool thing, too, is when you hear her talking to Zane Lowe, you can hear the change in how she's talking and how she's speaking representing herself mm-hmm. of she's in a place now where having gone through all these things she's done trying to be everything for everyone she's accepting of who she is she's exploring motherhood and what that means and what that means as like a person who's androgynous but also just gave birth and the pressure to like instantly have an amazing body right after giving birth and then also the pressure to like still be a sexy pop star like there's so much at play there and they were able to channel so much of these experiences into their album and it just feels like every single time they give us an album it's something really special yeah And I mean, also on top of that, just their conversation about motherhood, it was the whole thing of like, is me being pregnant going to ruin my career? Is your bottom line going to be okay now that I'm pregnant because I'm not giving up this opportunity? And it's just so heinous to think that Halsey has wanted to have a baby for such a long time and was told for a long time she wasn't going to be able to because of her issues with endometriosis. And I mean, with that, getting pregnant is hard and she was able to. And it's like, can you imagine if the boss man was like, you having a baby would ruin everything, get rid of it. Like, could you imagine? She would be like, okay, drop me right now because I'm not doing that, you know? Yeah, and I feel like thankfully she's at the point in her career right now where I don't think anybody would ever say that to her. But like there was, I feel like in her ask, even asking that question, there was a thought in her mind that they could say, no, you cannot have a baby. You're in a contract. And that's horrifying. And it's also just upsetting the fact of like so many women in music have had to decide whether or not they want to have kids and what that's going to do to their careers and all that sort of stuff. But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> I know I'm like, we could just dedicate a whole ass episode to uh, pop stars and motherhood. Cause there's a lot to unpack there. So there is so much to think about when it comes to Halsey and their career and everything they've managed to do and their relationship with the media. Because I mean, even Recently, we had them misquoted in Allure during a cover feature and even telling them about their pronouns and the writer just chose to completely ignore said pronouns and not even acknowledge Halsey calling them out 
at all. So that's frustrating in a lot of ways. And so I guess for you guys, something to think about is what have your views been on Halsey throughout her career? Like, have you been like, they're not doing enough? Did you ever look back on yourself and realize that you thought that at one point? And then as you grew, as we've all been growing by doing us doing this podcast and you guys listening to it and the conversations we've had with you all, like we all at some point have had a questionable (laughs) viewpoint on something or another. So I'm just curious to hear like your guys thoughts on it. Do you think that there is an attack on these bisexual women? Do you think that there is so much pressure on people who don't fit within these boxes in the music industry? And do you think that she is changing things in the way that Jenna and I feel like she is? Because I feel like your guys thoughts on this would be super interesting to hear. And I know a lot of you guys are Halsey fans also. So we definitely want to hear your thoughts after our little break. Yeah. So as always, please come chat with us on social media. We will be posting away about this episode over there and you can slide in our DMs whenever you please. We are at name three songs on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever you want to find us, or you can talk to us personally. I am at Sarah underscore Fagan and Jenna is at Jenna underscore million. Thanks for joining us on name three songs. Thanks for sticking around and coming back to us on our return to the podcasting world. And until next time, Never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to Halsey. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit Name3Songs.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.